Coming up on HIGMT, I get a tip regarding Tesla's first showroom in Ottawa. Tesla drops a hammer on the just-announced standard range Model Y. I let everyone in on my Patreon page, which goes live on March 1st. Welcome to How I Got My Tesla, the podcast of Indeterminate Link for Saturday, February 27th, 2021, episode 31 in Ottawa, Ontario. I'm Matt Wilson. Let's start off with a few Tesla things you should know. So in local news, I may have stumbled upon what actually be the location of Tesla's first showroom in Ottawa. Currently, Tesla operates one service center at 845 Carling Avenue, but in Ottawa's West End, there's a fairly new dealership that has recently moved to a new location, leaving the building and surrounding area vacant. Now, this is perfect for Tesla to swoop in and set up a new showroom, something that is actually really needed in Ottawa to promote Tesla's vehicle offerings. Tesla typically renovates existing dealerships rather than building one outright, thus saving valuable time and money getting the approvals from local municipalities. The previous dealership was a Nissan dealership at 530 Motorworks Private, and there is additional land next door that could be used in the event that Tesla needs to expand. The location is great for exposure, seeing that the dealership building is perched high overlooking the nearby Highway 416. So I'll have to keep an eye on the building for any movement for its eventual reuse, possibly under the Tesla name. Tesla broke my heart this past week by nixing the standard range Model Y with no reason being given. Just seven weeks ago, Tesla surprised us all by releasing a standard range rear-wheel drive Model Y with a range of 393 kilometers at a cost of $56,290 Canadian. Several articles regarding this move have been written up by such sites as iPhoneInCanada.ca, InsideEVs.com, and CleanTechnica.com, each one left only to postulate on Tesla's reasoning for the cancellation. Some seem to think that uh, there may have been too much demand for the base Model Y, while others seem to think that the opposite, where there was maybe too little demand. Others seem to think that the expected range would have been lower than what Tesla seems to be uh, deemed acceptable, but I really would have thought that Tesla would have known the range before they released the standard range Model Y. Threads on Reddit suggest that the release of the standard range Model Y was so that Tesla could keep producing units during a time when production was maybe a little bit quieter out of Fremont. But now that production numbers are up, the need for the standard range Model Y are no longer needed. What we do know is that those who ordered the standard range Model Y and place a deposit, those individuals will be receiving exactly what they had ordered. So maybe Tesla will turn the switch back on on the standard range Model Y again in the future, but then again, who really knows? All I could do at this point is hope that it'll come back into my life at a time where I could place that actual deposit. And as a follow-up to the original stories from earlier this past week, Elon Musk tweeted some additional information regarding the public cancellation. I mentioned the public cancellation because apparently the standard range Model Y is still available, but off-menu now. This means that this configuration is only available over the phone or in a Tesla showroom. Elon also mentioned that the reasoning for dropping the standard range Model Y was actually due to the lower-than-expected range, which was 393 kilometers or 244 miles. Tesla likes to see the minimum range to be around 402 kilometers or 250 miles. It's important to note that this off-ordering menu has previously happened with the $35,000 Model 3 before it was eventually dropped off as an available trim level altogether. So even with the standard range Model Y being available off-menu, I really doubt that it'll be around in time for my ordering. If the federal government in the U.S. is able to pass the Green Act bill, the upcoming $25,000 EV from Tesla might actually be made more affordable. 
InsideEVs.com has a story where YouTuber Andy Sly seemed to think that the $7,000 in incentive could uh, lower the entry price into a Tesla down to $19,000 after delivery fees. Now, at that price, the yet-released or even named Model C would be in line with traditional compact hatchbacks with internal combustion engines. And anybody looking into getting into a Tesla of some sort, but have yet to decide on which model, you should definitely check out the cost breakdown by electric.co from the links in the show notes below. The article goes into detail the expected cost for all fill or available Tesla vehicles and the Cybertruck across all trim levels. So it's a great resource to have uh, handy just to compare prices without actually having to visit the Tesla website and having several tabs open just to do the same thing. Now, it should be also noted that the information provided is only as accurate as the prices at the time, as we all know Tesla likes to tweak their pricing throughout the year. Another production tent is currently being assembled at Tesla's factory in Fremont, a facility that already seems to be bursting at the seams with everything that is needed to manufacture Model S's, X's, 3's, and now Model Y's. Production tents are now nothing new for Tesla. They built a much larger and more permanent tent as part of the production run-up for the Model 3 just a few years ago. The tent that is being assembled is suspected to support the needed additional capacity for the Model Y. Now, it's important to note that the introduction of the tent for the production of the Model 3 at Fremont was not going to be an isolated instance of linear production. In a follow-up article from Tesserati.com, Tesla has scaled up on what has started at Fremont by designing and constructing their gigafactories from around the world to mimic the lessons learned from those early days of the Model 3 production. So long-time listeners of the How I Got My Tesla podcast know how much of a fan I am of the solar roof tiles and solar panels provided by Tesla. Well, happy days are ahead here in Canada and also in Europe. Elon Musk recently tweeted that their solar roof will be available in Canada and later in 2021. This coincides with recent job postings in 2020 where Tesla is looking for individuals with energy systems and roofing experience. Elon also mentioned that the solar roof is slightly hydrophobic, which depending on the pitch or slope of the roof aids in the shedding of water, snow, and ice. Solar roof tiles from Tesla are three times stronger than regular roofing tiles and have a 25-year warranty. So I have a few other links in the show notes below, along with some videos showing how owners remove snow on solar roof panels and how the solar roof tiles can do this themselves. You may or may not be aware of the worldwide microchip shortage, but it looks like Tesla is not immune to the issue either. According to Electric.co and Bloomberg, the Tesla Model 3 production line at Fremont will be shutting down for two weeks starting from February 27th to March 7th. Although not specifically mentioned, it is suspected that the global shortage of microchips are in impacting Tesla as well as other automobile manufacturers such as GM, Ford, Nissan, and others. Samsung recently had to shut down its semiconductor plant in Austin, Texas last week due to the unusually cold weather and power outages. Increases in production of the Model 3 and Model Y in Fremont could also be attributing to the shortage Tesla is experiencing. And also as an update to the story from earlier this week, Elon recently mentioned that production at Fremont had started up on February 24th rather than the expected 7th. So it sounds to me that they have their microchip uh, supply issue all figured out. And while the Model 3 and Model Y production lines were shut down for only a few days, uh, Fremont was still able to produce the revised Model S and Model X. In fact, we are starting to see non-demo vehicles at the shipping and logistics lots at Fremont. Elon Musk recently mentioned that demand for the Model S and Model X are so high that a second shift and additional staffing is now needed. So there's plenty of pictures and videos in the InsideEVs.com link in the show notes below, yet there's still no signs of the yoke-style steering wheel. Everything appears to have the traditional round steering wheel.
Anyone looking to see what happens at a Tesla certified repair shop and is involved in what seems to be a seemingly minor repair should definitely check out the InsideEVs.com and then link in the show notes below. The video shows of what seems to be a minor issue actually hit a lot more damage than what was originally seen by the driver of the Model X. It's quite amazing to see the level of care and knowledge that is actually required to become a Tesla certified repair shop. Teslas are definitely a different type of vehicle when it comes to repairs. And for those interested, the total cost of the repairs from the collision was around $17,000. So definitely check out the link in the show notes below. It's, uh, it's quite amazing to see just the level of expertise that is needed to work on a Tesla vehicle, let alone the Model X. And we might as well take a look at Gigafactory Texas. And thanks again to Jeff Roberts and Joe Tegmeyer for their daily drone footage. In Joe Tegmeyer's February 26th video, Joe goes into some details regarding the progression at Gigafactory Texas, including comments from Elon Musk, who indicated that construction will need to be brought back to working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Joe also goes into detail regarding each area of the Gigafactory and what their intended purposes will be. About 20% of the building's footprint is slated for production of the new 4680 cells. This area would be located in the northwest corner of the building, which is generally untouched aside from some GeoPier work. So I'm wondering if Tesla is still working out the required building configuration for this area. GeoPier work is just about done and we're starting to see the first sections of water main being installed around the Megapad area and within the building itself. There's lots of concrete floor slabs being worked on with the general assembly of the building continuing. There have been several different iterations of the building design from when work started in the summer of 2020, which explains uh, some of the rework that needed to be done with several of the building's foundations. Precast concrete wall sections are being installed over the stamping plant and preliminary tests are now underway with one of the casting machines from a Model Y. And that should pretty much do it for episode 31. As I mentioned in my previous podcast, if you enjoyed what I'm doing here and you want to throw a little support my way starting March 1st, you can head on over to patreon.com slash how I got my Tesla. Once there, you can take a look at the three levels of support, all based on Tesla's supercharging network. At the V1 tier, which by the way costs $1 per month, your name will be put into a book of supporters that will be kept inside my upcoming Tesla so I can be reminded of the support that I received with every trip that I take. You'll also get early access to the podcast and a shout out on the How I Got My Tesla website. At the V2 tier, which is $3 per month, you get everything in the V1 tier and access to the HIGMT Discord server. So let's start talking Tesla. And finally, at the V3 tier, which is $5 per month, you'll get everything from the V1 and V2 tiers. A shout out at the end of each podcast and access to an AMA that I'll be hosting at least once per month. Now, Patreon also wanted me to set up some stretch goals. So when I reach $120 per month, I'll put down a deposit on a Cybertruck, even though I was given explicit instructions from my wife indicating that no Cybertruck will ever be parked in our driveway. So yeah, this should be fun. And at $240 per month, I will purchase a Tesla wall connector. And by doing so, I'll be basically locking in my commitment to Tesla. Every amount of support will be banked and dedicated to helping me get into a Tesla of some sort. And I will need to revamp the how I got my Tesla website so that everyone can see each other's support and how am I progressing towards my goal. And if you're looking to purchase a new Tesla and you want 1,000 free supercharging miles, you can feel free to use my referral program link in the show notes below or head on over to ts.la slash Matthew40942. Currently, Chatty is the only person who has taken advantage of the referral program link, so thanks again to Chatty. Uh, 
hashtag for this episode, let's try hashtag Tesla Showroom Ottawa. And the overall hashtag for this podcast is hashtag HITMT. And if you have any feedback for me, you can throw me an email at howigotmytesla at gmail.com. And as always, you can watch my progress towards a Tesla of some sort by visiting howigotmytesla.com. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram and now Clubhouse by simply searching for How I Got My Tesla. And you can look for me on Clubhouse where I'll be hosting an informal chat about the topics covered this past week. So I invite you to share your thoughts and stories on all things Tesla. So thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by Matt Wilson and hosted by Squarespace. Music for this episode is Cascade by Cubby. Cubby.